Hi, I'm Chandler. Uh, I'm Ezra. Be nominated. And you're to, to be nominated. New podcast discussing every film that's ever nominated. Uh, if you are one of our loyal listeners, you may notice uh, an absence this week. The lovely and talented Miss Claudia H. Stein Token white uh, has unfortunately uh, contracted the novel coronavirus and is uh, no longer. Uh, I don't want to say no longer. Yeah, don't she's very much still with us. I want to be very clear. Yeah, yeah don't start the um, sentence with with this dreary. Uh, Claudia has contracted COVID and is no longer. Pause for three minutes. Claudia is just sick, and we're giving her the the recording off. Yes, I want to be very clear, and also, I think I'm editing this week, so this is all going to stay in. This is about to be a wild fucking episode, folks. Um, but yeah, so it's just Chandler and I, which may be the best two people to be discussing the film we're going to talk about today. Uh, today we're discussing the 1950 Best Picture winner, uh, All About Eve, starring Anne Bancroft and Betty Davis, uh, and others. I mean, what's it all about? For those of you who haven't seen uh, All About Eve before, it is about a... A uh, struggling young woman um, who becomes obsessed with this uh, actress played by Betty Davis, and then slowly tries to essentially like take over her life. Uh, yeah, and it won. Uh, it's a, a record for the amount of Oscars won. I believe it won fourteen. Uh, uh-uh. uh. How many Oscars did it win? Let's find out. Because because three movies hold the record for the most Oscars ever, which is eleven, and that's uh, been sorry. Her... Fourteen nominations. Fourteen nominations. Fourteen nominations. Okay. Okay, that's different. Um, yeah, so it won 14 nominations, which was a new record for the time and uh, has become sort of a, a classic film. A lot of people say this is maybe the best, best picture winner of all time. Wow. That's... Uh, and it's become especially important to the gay community in a ways I'm sure we'll delve into. Well, that... um, but I had seen this film before. Chandler, you had not. I had never seen this film before. I had never really heard about this film. I knew nothing about this film going in. I, like, pretty blind. Um I knew it was a film from the 50s about a girl named Eve. That's all I knew. Sure. I didn't even know it was a seminal queer film until I started watching it and you told me. Is it? Is that like a thing? Or is that just an Ezra, Ezra like weird branch of queerness? No. Opinion? That is a thing. Like this it's is like, a queer film. Yes, it's a queer film in the way that like, not I would say to this degree, but the same way Wizard of Oz is a queer film. Where there's nothing necessarily, there's not necessarily that much queer content, but it became a sort of a touch point for queer culture. And so if you listen um, to like a lot of like old sort of queer art is, um, from like the eighties or nineties, or even if you read like um, memoirs of like older queer people, one of the things they, they will talk about is that like the way you would tell that somebody was one of you is you would quote all about Eve back and forth. Um, really? And if, yeah. And so, you, and, and so like, well, I, I can't remember who said this and I apologize to whoever said this, but somebody was like, yeah, uh, back, back in the day, if a boy knew, uh, if a boy had seen all about Eve, you knew it was safe to come on to him. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wizard of Oz is a queer film? Yeah. But is that like a, that's a thing in the culture? I didn't know that like, specifically Wizard yeah, of Oz is like, what, this is a gay film. You know what gay men used to call themselves, right? Judy's? Friends of Dorothy. Really? Is that, that's yeah. a thing? Yeah, in Chicago, and actually, they ended up the the FBI investigated oh, them because they thought it was a gang. But no, in the what you know, back in the in the in the fifties and sixties, when like uh, specifically gay men had to be underground because their sex was illegal. Um, one of the things is like, oh, is he a friend of Dorothy? Which is meant like, okay. is he gay? I didn't know that. 
but also like Judy, like you are best. Right. Judy I mean, I knew the, Judy the Judy Garland thing. I mean, I knew Judy Garland was like a, yeah, uh, like a, like a queer icon, but I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that specifically Wizard of Oz. What, what what about Wizard of Oz or All About Eve? I guess we could talk about since this isn't all about Eve. Now, so this is we should probably clarify um, this. <laughs> the reason that we have Claudia on this podcast is to rein us in. I think this is going to be a wild episode for the viewers, so just bear with us. <laughs> we might talk about all, all about Eve. <laughs> Who knows? There's no rules. Fast it's going to be fast. So and how loose. is Let me tell you that. now that this is a Wizard of Oz podcast? How is Wizard of Oz inherently a queer film? <laughs> I mean, so like, I would question whether or not anything is inherently a queer film. I guess if you, but if you, if you think about it, one, it stars Judy Garland, who is this like major gay icon and like sure. judge drag competitions and shit. You have a fantastical world, and I think there's something about, um, especially at that time, kind of disappearing to this magical, glamorous world in like bold Technicolor. I think was very appealing to a lot of gay men who had to live much more in the closet. I think than many people do now, and then also. Um, a, a big thing, I think, in the queer community then, especially now, is sort of this um, idolization of the female villain. Um, you see this a lot where, like, there are a lot of uh, gay men now who are, like, obsessed with Angelina yeah, Jolie's or Ursula. Um, but, but, like, Margaret Hamilton, as yeah. as the witch, is, like, very draggy in a way that, like, to bring it back to All About Eve is that, Chan, like, you texted me and you're like, how is this a queer film? And one, it has a man in it who is one of the biggest flaming fags ever Wait. seen on screen in Addison oh, DeWitt. Oh. Was he, is the actor queer in real life? I don't know, but in fact, he's playing true. a gay man. Very, a very, like, refined, <laughs> very, like, mean gay. He's playing a Tennessee Williams yes. gay. Yes, that's fair. Okay, that's fair to say. Um, I do want to want to put a pin in this, and guys, I'm so sorry, or, or not, maybe this is the episode that causes us to blow up. Um, but we're going to get into Tennessee Williams in a minute because I saw a lot of parallels between Tennessee Williams and all of that. Oh, I love this. So we'll get back this into is, Tennessee this Williams. Is for for <laughs> our viewers that don't know, I'm a big Tennessee Williams fan. So this is going to be fun for me. What, 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 let's go into that. Let's just jump completely off the ship. Let's just... Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I'm sure all the listeners have gathered uh, by this point. Um, but uh, Claudia Chen and I all went to college together for theater in the South. Um, and going to school for theater in the South means that you study a lot of Tennessee Williams. And as a, a queer theater artist in the South, um, especially you kind of Tennessee Williams becomes almost a um, kind of forced upon influence to you, whether you like him or not. Um, but what I think what's, what's interesting about Tennessee Williams, a lot of things are interesting about Tennessee Williams, but I think what's interesting about Tennessee Williams in terms of All About Eve is that A, I think All About Eve is very much, I think, satirizing a very specific type of Tennessee Williams play. Like, I, I think, like, like there are some jokes about plays that felt very much, like, of that era. But also to think about that sort of, this picture of a gay man, where I think it's it's this interesting thing where um, we, we should have gotten into this a little bit more with the hours and we didn't. But there's kind of, I think, an historical drama. Either there, the either we have, you know, the gay man who's, like, fully out and, like, living this bold life in the modern time, or we have this sort of depressed, closeted homosexual when there was this whole other sort of brand of the sort of, you know, gay intellectual who was almost like, was able to exist because he was seen as largely asexual in a way that the Addison DeWitt and the performance by, um, and he won an Academy Award for this, George Saunders, I believe. Yes, George Sanders. 
um, who won an Academy Award for playing Addison DeWitt, but really taps into this way of this guy was able to be essentially an out gay man, despite the fact that, you know, it was 1950 would be frowned upon because he had been able to construct himself as such a sort of a feat member of the petty bourgeoisie that he didn't seem like a threat anymore and was completely desexed in a way that I think is interesting. See, I thought, I see, you, you had not explained all that to me. I, I thought that the, the sort of the queerness of the film was that this woman is essentially like doing a giant drag performance as her hero who, but turns out she's, she's just like a well, that too. big lying evil villain. Well, okay. I think there are like, listeners, I'm so sorry, but I think, I think there's like eight things going on in this film. Uh, that makes it a queer, a queer classic is that on one hand, Addison DeWitt is a very sort of fun queer character to like, you know, is very like, you know, swishy in a way that I think a lot of people really respond to. Then, then you also have Betty Davis, who is just a queer icon through and through, is like, to me, one of the OG. Was she really? Is she like icons, a. Right. Betty then Davis you, is queer, OG queer icon? I mean, she's <clears> in a lot of like OG queer films. I don't like. Sure. Again, I'm not the expert on sure. who is a queer icon and who is not. Betty Davis is a queer icon to me because of this and because of um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, which I would say is much more of a queer film. But um, but I think that, so then you have that, then you also have um, this interesting sociological thing that I don't fully grasp, but is true even, I think, to a certain extent for myself, where gay men often, and I want to be very, very precise about this, I'm not saying that all gay men feel this, but there is a, in the gay community, specifically the gay male community, this sort of interest in watching women fight. And I think we see this with stuff like The Real Housewives, right? And this thing of the like kind of like cattiness and two women kind of in a battle of wits is a, is a really sort of fast way to get a... Um, film to become a queer classic and so i think part of the reason why gay men respond so much to this film is because of that is because it's like oh you have Anne bancroft who's like she's initially the the ingenue but then she's actually the villain then you have betty davis who's like big and bold and brassy and it's like it's very it's very drag and i think especially betty Mm -hmm. davis knows that Mm -hmm. she's doing drag you know what i mean um okay sure i'm hip I, i get it i'm with it my initial impression, like, during the first bit, I was like, okay, what is this movie about this dumb fangirl? And then you start to sort of unravel and, and reveal that, like, she is more than that. And then it starts to become uh, really, really, really good. Like, I enjoy the, I really enjoy the last half of the film. The first half of the film is kind of like, meh. You know what I mean? Um, I would just want more of that, like, that fun, just mm-hmm. like, because, like, the, the part where she turns on... Um, I don't know, the writer's wife. What is her name? Um and she's just like, I'm gonna blackmail everybody if you don't if you don't make sure I get this yes, part. I know. And yes. you just see her being like, Oh, this is a this woman is a villain. Um it's really, really, really fun. Uh so I really, really respond to that step that second half where it starts to turn into a little bit more it starts to have a little bit more oomph to it, where the first half feels a little and I think that's purposeful. I think the you know, the director clearly wanted you mm-hmm. to be convinced by Eve. Um, and convinced that this is just sort of a cute little story of, of yeah. this this little fangirl that's living her dream. Um, and so I think that works. It's just not as interesting as the second half. You know? Yeah, I have it. So I watched this film when I was in high school. 
uh, which should have it been was. a warning sign for everyone who knew me then. But I, um, uh, but no, so I watched this in high school and I really, really liked it. And I really, really responded to it. Uh, and I, unfortunately, because we had to move some records around, I wasn't able to finish my rewatch day, but I watched a good chunk of it. And I, I still like it a lot. And I still think the, the performances are really, really stellar and the script is incredible. Um, I was yeah. a little taken aback, A, by how slow it was. And Jenna, I kind of agree that I think it, right now it's like two hours 15. I think we could have made this an hour 45 and like gotten to the, to, I think yeah, the turn comes exactly. a little late and you're like, okay, we get it. Like, yeah. um, but I agree that once that turn comes, it's incredible. Um, and also I was surprised by how, I remember this as being a lot gayer than it was. And it's still pretty gay, but I, and I guess not to get us off on another tangent, but I, I very much worship at the altar of showgirls. Um, which I think is unironically a masterpiece. Like I don't enjoy that film. Un- I don't enjoy that film. Ironically, I enjoy that film. Unironically, I think it is. I don't think it's like camp. I think it is like an intentional masterpiece. Uh, so Showgirls, um, it comes out is a um, super super high profile production. Oh. It's the director of RoboCop, Starship Troopers, um, and then a, a bunch of other films, and it's with. Uh, it's the highest paid um, script deal of all time. It's the like superstar Hollywood. Uh, writer in the 80s when there were superstar Hollywood screenwriters who would just essentially do a lot of cocaine write a play in a week write a screenplay in a weekend and then sell it um, that's not even really that much an exaggeration there was a constant like uh, arms race essentially between mm. uh, various screenwriters to see who, who could write the script the fastest and sell it for the most um, so this is the highest like and it's the first ever Wait, um, really? NC-17 rated film released by Major Showgirls um, yeah and it comes out, and ev- yeah, and everyone fucking hates it. Uh, it is laughed out of the fucking conversation, wins a bunch of Razzies, it ruins the careers of all the actors, and essentially that uh, that director, Paul Verhoeven, who again made Robocop, Starship Troopers, all these huge hits, essentially had to, made one, one more film and then had to flee back to Europe, which is where he's from. Um, however, then it was rediscovered on home video um, and became a cult classic, specifically among uh, gay men. Um, it is now sort of in a sort of Rocky Horror Picture Show, Mommy Dearest way, kind of a, a midnight screening. Let's all get together and laugh at this movie and have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and Gina Gershon should have won a fucking Oscar. Anyway, moving on. But um, Showgirls is, I think, is very sort of indebted to All About Eve in that it's like basically the same story. Um, we should watch this. I want to see it this. It rules. Um, you might hate it. A lot of people hate it. Anyway, all anyway, about Eve. <laughs> all about Eve. This is an all about Eve podcast. Um, welcome to Queer Talk with Ezra and Chandler. But uh, <laughs> ooh, that's not a bad idea for a podcast. Um, Do a side podcast, show. side story. But um, anyway, I've I've, be, I've, be, I've fallen as an adult so in love with Showgirls that going back to All About Eve in the which is sort of like the ur text of you know many things, but including Showgirls, I was like, oh, it felt a little bit more toothless and it felt like it was a little bit less sharp about the industry and fan culture in a way that I kind of felt was a little bit lacking um that being said obviously All About Eve is one of the most important films ever made I would argue um and has I think like an all-time great performance by Betty Davis and Anne Bancroft and then also one of like the best I think all the performances in this movie are really good totally agree but like I think those two, like the two women who hold down the show, are just like fucking knock it out of the water. 
this this movie is interesting to me because it both um it both suffers and benefits from its time because you know it's a it's a very it's a film very of like the 50s it's a very melodramatic tender post-war sort of like um like melodramatic kind of film and it and the and that is why i think the first half suffers but that is also why the second half is so good and so it's very it's very very interesting film because of that because like the second half you're like oh no it, it absolutely should be this like tender sort of like melodramatic 50s film but then the first half you're like oh this is just another boring long slow 50s film and so it's 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 very weird how that that how that movie is able to do both no totally yeah i agree and i think it's also interesting because it's it's an interesting insight into a a time when like theater people were celebrities like you know what i mean like oh yeah oh yeah where that's not really a thing anymore no, and I think it would be different. Like, if this movie was made in 1960, Betty Davis would have been a, a film actress. And I think the whole thing is different because I think I can believe that a theater actor would become friends with a fan much more than a film actor would become friends with a fan. Yes. Though, Ezra and I do wish, Kristen Stewart, if you're out there, you're listening, call us. We'd love to be your friend. Also, Harry Styles, I mean, we'd love to be your friend. Kristen Stewart, please call me. We would be such good friends but um (laughs) you imagine no but um uh all that all that is to say that i think there's also this interesting about the theater element of it which they kind of hint at with the scene of like the the um director husband going off to la to like sort of like make it in the pictures there's this kind of like tragic almost like emptiness to what they're both fighting for is they're both fighting to like be the best theater star when like that's not going to matter very much in five fucking years you know what i mean yeah yeah well and that's what sort of the the end is is interesting because the end is just like the repeat of the beginning where there's she where uh eve gets a fan that's like sneaks into her house or whatever and then like uh addison brings the trophy back and then and then uh, Eve is, and then the fan answers the door, and Eve is like, "Who was that?" And she was like, "Oh, it was a taxi driver that dropped off your award." Instead of telling him, telling her it was absent. Um, and you see, you see that like, although that's a, that part is both kind of awesome and weird, is because like, so the narrative of the movie is that this is a cycle. Is it karma that you, this is going to re- repeat where this fan lies to the star and then becomes the star, and the star fades away? Like, what is that? This is just a cycle, or is it yeah. karma? It's a very strange ending, but it works. I took it as a cycle, and that I think it's about like that very Star is Born thing of the like whenever a new star emerges, another one has to fade. Yeah, but but why is it like in that way? Why is the like every star is like that? That's not like a that's not a weird cycle that happens normally. It's not just like fans pick a star or stars pick a fan that becomes the next big star and replaces them. There's not like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't find Timothy Chalamet on the street and was like, you're going to become the next star. You're going to be. And then Timothy Chalamet lied to Leo and then destroyed his career. Like, that's not like a a thing that happens. And so the movie takes this claim that like, this is the cycle of stardom that a random fan off the street is like cons their way into becoming the world's biggest star. I mean, yes, but I guess like I take that as like a dramatic, a, a 
a dramatic, um, what do you call it? A dramatic license to sort of discuss this more kind of abstract concept, which is the like, A, the toxic relationship between star and fan, and also the way that like, we eclipse each other and we eat each other alive and what you love you have to destroy you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean it it both at the ending for me both works and also doesn't work i don't know it's hard to tell sure because like i think it's really Um, i think it's a really fun ending and i think it's the correct way to end that but like if I step back and look at it logistically, it's a very strange way to be like, and the cycle continues. <laughs> and there's another con man. And it's like, it's like star Wars quote. The there's always a bigger fish. It's like, what? Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, speaking of stars, do you know what star is in this movie in a very small role? What star in this movie had a very small role? Uh, it was 1950. Speaking of gay icons. Uh, Judy? She... Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn Monroe is a gay icon? Yeah. I thought she was just an icon icon. No, she's like one of the biggest gay icons. Marilyn Monroe, really? Elton John wrote a song about her. Oh, I didn't know that. Where was Marilyn Monroe? Where was she? She was the young blonde woman. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't even notice her. Oh, wait, is every like female icon a queer icon? Is that not necessarily? I guess Ayn Rand is certainly not a, fe- a queer icon. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but especially like if you die tragically, the queers will eat that up. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So your Judy Garland's, your Marilyn's, your. Bet Midler didn't die tragically, yeah. but yeah. Did you say Bet Midler? I said Bet Midler didn't die tragically, but yeah. But she's a no. queer icon. I just like that you're like, yeah, the the three top gay icons: Judy Garland, Marilyn Monroe, and Bet Midler. No one has. Bet Midler's a queer icon. Liza, sit down. Barbara. Bet Midler is absolutely a queer icon. Yes, but she's not like I would say one of the big three. Okay, so Judy, um, Streisand, no. I mean, Streisand more than more than that. Madonna is up Who? there for sure. Madonna. Oh yeah. Okay. Gaga. Of your modern day. Of your modern day yeah. queers. This has just become queer icon podcast. All about Eve. Claudia, we need you. Speaking of queer icons, no. All, All about, about Eve. Eve. Interesting question. Since we're since this is chaos, and listeners, don't don't worry, we have five more hours of this. Yeah, this is just. Um, <laughs> If we were to remake, if we were to make all oh, about God. Eve today, okay. who's our cast? Who would we cast? I think you do like an, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think you do like a little nod to Stars Born. You do Lady Gaga as the um, Davis, um, Betty Davis part. I think Lady Gaga. Why? I disagree. Who do you? Uh, I think the Betty Davis part needs to be somebody who's like really established. Like I was thinking Kate Blanchett. Like, I think the Betty Davis part has to be like, an, you're like, oh, that woman is an actress, honey. And then the younger one, someone's more up and coming. Like, I would watch Kate Blanchett and Zendaya. Kate Blanchett, though? She's not as like, I don't know. 100%. I feel like Kate Blanchett isn't as, uh, isn't the same type as uh, Betty Davis. But I don't think a Betty Davis type exists anymore. That's fair. 
No, that's fair. I don't know. Um, I guess sure. Uh, then Zendaya as as the Eve part. Why don't you just search Ronan as the Eve? Part? Well, no, Zendaya makes more sense. I'm less sold on that. Saoirse Ronan would be fun. Saoirse Ronan would be fun. Ed Fanning. Elle Fanning's not a bad show. I would do Elle Fanning. Um, Addison DeWitt is played, unfortunately, by Dan Levy, and none of us can do anything about that's it. That's a very different... T- that's a very... That's it's a very Dan different Levy or James DeWitt. Corden. Those are our only two options, unfortunately. Because DeWitt it's in this is not, like, like flamboyant like Dan Levy is. He's a very, like, serious gay. You know what I mean? He's very, like, straightforward. Like, listen, I figured out you're a liar. You're a dirty little con man. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he's a little bit more, like, like a, like a, mm, I'm, I'm a gay man in the 50s, and I show no emotion. He's too hot for it, but I would watch Jonathan Groff do it. Jonathan, Jonathan Groff? No, I don't know. I would watch Jonathan Groff do it. Let's, let's have him do it. Let's, let's do it. But he's too hot for it. I don't, I don't think Addison yeah, well, DeWitt can be hot. Uh, Jonathan Groff is hot in everything. Like, what are you going to do? Um, Haley Steinfeld are, are actually also a good mm. shout for the Anne Bancroft part. Anyway, all about Eve. Let's anyway, see. all about um, Eve. And it had, uh, let me see, I think upwards of five acting nominations. What? Yeah. Is that a thing that can happen? So it was nominated for two supporting actresses, two leading actresses, and one lead actor. Dang. So all these people competed against each other. Yes. Huh. Uh, so the it's supporting actress, the no- they nominated the woman who plays Birdie, and then the woman who plays the wife of the playwright. I believe she is the, um, like, assistant lady. Oh, right. Okay. They were both good, I guess. I mean, the two standout performances in this, to me, are are Betty Davis and, um... Anne Bancroft. Anne Baxter! Fuck! If I've been saying Anne no, Bancroft no, no, no. this whole Who time, it's Eve? Anne Baxter. Who plays Eve? Yes, Anne Bancroft is someone different. I apologize, listeners, we told you this was gonna be chaos. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, to me, the to, yeah, to me, the standout performances are um, are Betty Davis and Ann Baxter. Yeah, to me, I mean, because they they're I mean they're they're really these two sort of like amazing, larger than life women in this movie. Oh, that was Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, How do you know. Um. They're like, and and they really like. They both know exactly what the movie is. You know what I mean? Like they're very much like this is this correct. Kind of yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah the the nomination for the maid is a little strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause she's fine. She's not really in it though. No, I mean the the wife of the playwright. I think she does really good work. She does. Did you know that the uh, man who plays Bill in this ends up marrying Betty Davis after they met on this film? Really? Mm-hmm. Must be nice. This has a Metacritic score of 98% and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 99%. Quickly. Quickly. Go ahead. <laughs> so I just, I'm on the Wikipedia page for All About Eve just so we can like look at the cast, like make sure we get everyone straight. Yeah. Um, and so the role of Bill Sampson, who is uh, Betty Davis's character's partner, and then ends up that actor um, ends up marrying Betty Davis in real life. Yeah. Um, so it was originally considered for John Garfield was their first choice, or and Chandler, do you want to guess who their second choice was? Please tell me it was my man. Who's your man? 
lead actor of, of such films as It's a Wonderful Life and Harvey and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? No, uh, Chandler, who is the opposite of someone you would refer to as my man? The opposite of? The polar opposite of someone who would be your man. Harvey Weinstein? I don't know. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Whoa, no. Oh, no, I forgot he was an actor. Ugh. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You hear to hear first. Before Ronald Reagan let everyone die in the AIDS crisis and introduced crack cocaine into low-income black communities, he was an actor and was almost in All About Eve. Ronald uh, Reagan, wife, arguably the one of the worst presidents uh, to all ever exist. Correct. And his wife was almost the wife of the playwright. You know, it's a since this this uh, wait really. Jesus, since this uh, podcast is derailed, you know what's real telling, um, really telling when you are listed amongst Andrew Jackson as one of the worst presidents of all time, a man that committed literal genocide. Like, you have to try really hard, and Ronald Reagan did. Ronald Reagan went to office, he's like, I am going to be a demon of a, of a president. And it was like, dang, man. Whew. It's tough. Um, just, since, <laughs> just since we're here. Uh, I want to tell my my story about the Reagans. Um, So the Reagans um, were in Hollywood. um, And famously, Ronald Reagan was the head of the Screen Actors Guild. As the head of the Screen Actors Guild, he turned over names of any actor he thought was too left to the House uh, uh, Un-American Activities Committee for being communists. Oh, my God. He pulled an Elia Kazan? Uh, They also... He pulled an Elia Kazan? I, I don't know if Elia Kazan uh, uh, no. was one of them. I'm However, saying, remember when Elia Kazan turned over his friends to? Oh. I'm man. saying that Ronald Reagan did. The uh, same. Wow, this man was just just doing the worst at, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. In addition, he was an FBI informant. However, um, I think my, my favorite story about the Reagans that I think sums up all of their moral mm-hmm. standing mm-hmm. in the current moment, we have a lot of like. Well, Donald Trump's a demon. Why can't we just get back to the good old days of Ronald Reagan? Uh, what we had, you know, and, and all of you, you will hear a lot, of, a lot of people say, you know, Ronald Reagan, I didn't agree with him or anything, but at least he was a good man. So Ronald Reagan and his wife were uh, big stars in Hollywood. And uh, being big stars in Hollywood knew a lot of gay people, including uh, one of Nancy Reagan's best friends, Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson is gay. Rock Hudson gets AIDS. Rock Hudson writes to his old best friend, Nancy, and he says, Nancy, you're the first lady of the the United States. There is anti-AIDS drugs in Europe that will save my life. You have to give me these drugs or I will literally die. Nancy, we've been friends for for decades. Please, if you don't give me these drugs, I will die. We have the letter. You can go and read it. And Nancy Reagan... Again, this woman who we talk about is like the moral upstanding of the Republican Party. Oh, we just got to get back to the Reagans, where even if you didn't agree, at least they were moral. Nancy Reagan writes back, Rock, I'm sorry, but we can't be seen to be supporting the homosexual community right now. And then Rock Hudson, friends, died. They refused to let one of their best friends get the life-saving AIDS drugs he needed to, to live. And so he fucking died. So essentially he was murdered. Because isn't that a isn't that technically like law that like murder by negligence? Could you make a case uh, for it? I mean, not 
in the law firm of, of, of Black and Brain. Could we make out a case for it? You heard it here. This podcast is now going to start a law sure. firm where Ezra and I go against the American government for the tragedies. We're going to start <laughs> with we're going to start with the slave trade. We're going to go to the genocide. We're going to go. We're going to, there's a long list of the Reagan stuff we got to get through. <laughs> we got to get through the AIDS stuff. The thing that they just straight up ignored their friend because of political reasons. The whole crack cocaine thing. The housing crisis. It's a whole thing. I mean, we're going to have to talk. That's only domestically. We're oh, no. Uh, the, oh, the imperialism of the United States um, is going to be its own sector of our of all firm. The Pinochet dictatorship oh, is yeah. going to be a week and a half. The Vietnam um, War? Whew, we are off months. the rails. <laughs> Just listing every tragedy the American government has ever done to everyone. <laughs> we, we start We start with the slave trade, right? <laughs> well, no, no, no. we got to start with the genocide of the Native Americans, of course. I'm so sorry. The rape and pillage of the Native Americans. And then we go through the slave trade. Then, of course, we got to touch on Hiroshima and how we bombed two entire cities of innocent people just because 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 we were like the war's over now we're going to explode your cities because we're america what all about eve (laughs) (laughs) this is either gonna be everyone's favorite yes friends you are listening to it this is either gonna be everyone's favorite episode or or everyone's (laughs) going to be like we need claudia back immediately it's it's really 50 50 um and I want to just highlight that, that again, like what Miyazaki talking to Harvey <laughs> no Weinstein, no, no cuts. cuts. No cuts. No cuts. Claudia, well, yeah, we hope you get well soon. <laughs> so we've talked about queer culture, we've talked about the American government. Uh, shall we talk about the uh, rise of the far well, we right could, in we Europe? We could connect that back to All About uh, Eve, because really the, the true evil of All About Eve is capitalism, because, you know, Eve just wanted, capitalism teaches us to... <laughs> American capitalism teaches us to get whatever you want, no matter what. <laughs> and so you, she went for the top. America told her to go for the top. She went for the top. And she tricked her way to the top. But you know what? So did. It's really so a tragedy of capitalism. So here we are. Eve is just a billionaire. <laughs> That's not Should true. There's a lot on? more nuance here to like, well, then she get. Should what? we move on to show to have one? Yeah, let's move. Let's go should ahead. We let's, 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 should we just keep one. on the let's sinking ship? Go ahead and ease the audience's passing. And the Oscar goes to. Should they have won? All right, hit me with it. The film receives 14 Academy Award nominations. Let's go through them. Uh, best film editing. The nominees are The Third Man, Sunset Boulevard, Annie Get Your Gun, All About Eve, and King Solomon's Minds, which wins. I've seen three of the I films in this seen category, of them. I think. I've seen All About Eve, The Third Man, Annie Get Your Gun. I've never seen Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard is really good, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I keep meaning to see it, but you know. I've been meaning to see it, but I, it. alas, wasn't born in the 1950s, hours so of the day. here we are. No, I don't know if the I, of All About Eve necessarily blew my mind, so I'm willing yeah, to Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, Solomon's like, the editing is, to, like, it's fine, it's editing, like, well, you know. Uh, it was nominated for Best Costume Design, Black and White. The nominees were a Magnificent Yankee, Born Yesterday, and All About Eve, which wins. Um, yeah, good costumes. Yeah, I would say so. Costumes are fun. Um, best Cinematography, Black and White. The nominees are Sunset Boulevard, The Furies, Asphalt Jungle, and The Third Man, which wins. 
Um, Jalen, have you ever seen The Third Man? Mm-hmm. It's this amazing uh, film noir film with or- Orson Welles. Really, really good. And the cinematography is one of the best parts of it. I like I, I, uh, Orson Welles is fun. Yeah, he's great. One of the best ever, in my opinion. Are you of the opinion that uh, Citizen Kane's the best movie ever made? I mean, best, no. Most important, maybe. Really? I mean, it, like, invented the way we shoot dialogue scenes. <laughs> How? I I don't fully remember, so I will get this information wrong, so I apologize to the listeners ahead of time. Uh, but essentially, it was like they had never done, like, a specific shot. I don't remember if it was the, like, back and forth or if it was two people in the same frame at the same time as they were talking. I don't like remember the over which the shoulder. One, but one of them basically had never been done before, and they just, like, did it for the first huh. time. So, but I mean, like, it is, like, an incredibly groundbreaking film also in terms of, like, the story it was able to tell. Right, right, right. We should do it for the podcast. So, it's also, I think, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Chandler. I think it's actually a pretty enjoyable film. Like, I think it, like, moves. I've never seen it. I've, I've always wanted to. I just have never gotten around to it. Yeah. We should do it for the podcast sometime. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, best Art Direction, the nominees are The Red Danube, All About Eve, and Sunset Boulevard, which wins. Um, I've never seen Sunset Boulevard, but I've heard amazing things, so I'm happy to let Sunset Boulevard get best art direction. Should clarify, it's best art direction, black and white. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes, thank you. Um, the uh, art direction of this is again like it's it's a you know, yeah, it's just it's but fine. it's like you know realistic New York fifties like okay, forties I guess. Uh, best sound recording. The nominees are Trio, Our Very Own, Louisa, Cinderella, and All About Eve, which wins. Um, so this is an interesting one because Cinderella is the animated Disney film. Oh, is it really? So then would we say this is also giving like, I guess, I mean, because this is one of the ones because of, of technology changes that's changed the most. So now obviously it's sound mixing and mastering. It's like a very different process. Um, so I don't know what would be included in sound recording at, at this time, but Cinderella feels like a good shout. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say Cinderella just because like, that's a whole process. You know? Yeah. The, the nominees for best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture uh, are Samson and Delilah, No Sad Songs for Me, which is my new favorite title of a film, Yeah. The Flame and the Arrow, uh, which is actually the title of this new podcast now that we've kicked Claudia off of it. Uh, I am, of course, the flame. Chandler is the arrow. Uh, all about Eve. And then uh, Sunset Boulevard, which wins. Once again, have not seen Sunset Boulevard, have heard incredible things. I'm happy to have Sunset Boulevard uh, win that. So this is actually an interesting... As we scroll up, this is an interesting thing that we don't see anymore, is that there are three screenplay categories, where there's best screenplay... Best story and screenplay, and then best motion picture story, which apparently they only gave out until 1956, which is interesting. But uh, All About Eve was nominated for best screenplay. The nominees are The Father of the Bride, the original, obviously, Broken Arrow, Born Yesterday, The Asphalt Jungle, and All About Eve, which wins. Um, 100%. This is one of the best screenplay winners of all time. Yeah, it's a really solid screenplay. It's really. I mean, like again, the the second half is the best. But um, the nominees for best supporting actress are Thelma Ritter for All About Eve. She plays the maid. Nancy Olsen for Sunset Boulevard. Celeste Holm for All About Eve. She plays the playwright's wife. 
Hope Emerson for Cage, and then Joseph Josephine Hall for Harvey, who wins. I've never seen Harvey. Oh, Harvey yes. with uh with the uh, homeboy, Patrick Stewart. Um. Oh, that movie is really really good. I don't. In all fairness, to be honest with you, the only performance I really remember from that film is Patrick Stewart. Sure. I remember it being good. So I mean, unfortunately, Patrick Stewart kind of overshadows everyone in, in any movie he's in because he's such a. You were just saying Patrick Stewart, so. right? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Listen, I said Anne Bancroft the whole time. I thought it was it was actually Anne Baxter. We're all fucked up. We need we need Claudia. Jimmy Stewart. I'm so sorry. Not Patrick Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is one of the best actors. And so he yeah. kind of overshadows everyone. Um, uh, but I remember that movie being very good. So I assume all the performances were really good, too. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, but yeah, Celeste Holmes gets Thelma Ritter. Like, the mate has, like, yeah, one weird. scene, kind of. Uh, so it's a weird number. The nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Eric Von Strummen for Sunset Boulevard, Sam Jaffe for The Asphalt Jungle, Edmund Gwen for Mr. 888, Jeff Chandler for Broken Arrow, and George Sanders for All About Eve, who wins, absolutely should win. I think that that's an incredible Chandler. performance. Yeah, absolutely. The nominees for Best a- Actress are Gloria Swanson for Sunset Boulevard, Eleanor Parker for Cage, Betty Davis, All About Eve, Anne Baxter, All About Eve, and then Judy Holiday for Born Yesterday, who wins. Uh, I've not seen Born Yesterday. I think it's kind of bullshit that we couldn't have given Anne Baxter and Betty Davis some combination of an award. Yeah, the fact that like we nominated both, and I get that maybe that, that stirs the votes a little bit or like skews it, but it's Betty Davis and Anne Baxter. Come on. I guess what are the... What are, they do... What are, they hold this film together. What I do think is good, though, is that nowadays they would have put one of them in support. <laughs> yes, which would have been absurd. I always remember, have you seen Carol, Chandler? Uh, I don't think oh, so, no. We should do Carol, Carol Rules. But Carol's about a shop girl who falls in love with this sort of well-to-do stay-at-home mom in the 50s. Same. Same. And so, you know, they have this sort of... and it, And... Uh, the protagonist is the shop girl, uh, but the uh, wife, the housewife who she falls in love with, is played by Kate Blanchett. So, guess who got nominated for lead actress? Kate Blanchett. Guess who got nominated for best supporting actress? The fucking protagonist of the film. I just don't get why. Like, why do we do that? Just nominate two women in the same category. You're allowed. It's not that hard. Uh, anyway, give I, I think Ann Baxter, Betty Davis should have tied, split the vote. Hell yeah. Uh, the nominees for best... Uh, I almost would have said Ann Baxter over Betty Davis, but don't come at me. I might say Betty Davis over Ann Baxter, but I think it's... I, I wouldn't be mad if either of them won. Sure. Uh, the nominees... I, I am mad that they both lost. Yes. The nominees for best director are Carol Reed for The Third Man... Billy Wilder for Born, uh, Sunset Boulevard, George Kukor for Born Yesterday, John Houston for The Asphalt jo- Jungle, and Joseph L. Mankiewicz for All About Eve Who Wins. This is a fucking all-star cast. Like five of the yeah, great fucking directors say. of this period. I've never, I've never seen any of these films other than All About Eve, but I know all these directors are really famous. Yeah. So what a, what a cast. 
were cast. And I think the direction of All About Eve is really good. I think the acting work is really incredible. Give it to Mank Jr. Yeah. I think he loses a little bit of points for the first half of the film, but... Sure. Other nominees for Best Motion Picture are Sunset Boulevard, King Solomon's Minds, Father of the Bride, Born Yesterday, and All About Eve, which wins. Yep, absolutely. All About Eve. We love. I'm interested to see some of these other films, but yeah. Me too. This is we really should good, do Sunset Boulevard. It seems like a best point. picture. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. We're going to continue this episode, and it's also going to be a Sunset Boulevard episode, and we're going to live watch it as we podcast. Can you imagine? We should do that. I listen to this podcast where they do live commentaries twice a month, and I we should do it. For like two and a half hours? Who's going to listen to a two and a half hour podcast? I listened to their Avengers Endgame episode, which was three and a half hours. Yeesh. We should do a Lord of the Rings Return of the King extended edition episode, so it's we, four and a half hours. We absolutely should. That would be incredible. Can you imagine? Is that you just being really excited and Claudia and I just like bitching about it? That'd be so fun. Yes, I think we should actually do that. Can we do that? I would, abs- I would absolutely do that, 100%. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. Chandler, what have you been watching this week? So this week I have been... This, 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 I have been watching a lot of um, old Jewish women, and that I, and that I have been watching pretend it's a city with Fran Lebowitz, who is my new icon, my hero, my god, my religion. Pretend it's a city. If you have not watched it, directed by Martin Scorsese and Fran Lebowitz, is just Fran Lebowitz being a sassy Jewish old lesbian in New York City complaining about shit, and it's the best thing I've ever seen. And then I've also been watching a. Grace and Frankie. I started started watching Grace and Frankie, Maya and I. Um, uh, it's pretty cute. It gets worse after season one, is what I will say. Really? Season two is yeah. pretty okay. We're on season two now. Oh, well, I see season two. I made it like two episodes, and I was like, I think I'm good. I mean, it's like it's a goofy little like cutesy sitcom that has like some really like serious moments. Um, yeah, but it's fun. I mean, I think you know. I mean, I think old people's stories are valid and should be heard so that's cool of course but, of course yeah it's it's really fun and i mean it's, it's it's jane fonda and lily tomlin like that is that's fun and martin sheen and sam waterston and martin sheen and the other guy sam tom waterston sam waterston sam waterston yeah it's cute it's fun um but if you have not seen pretend as a city please go run it's real good run to watch pretend as a city because Fran Leibowitz is just everything I want to be. Hell yeah. Ezra, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching a lot of television, uh, but in terms of, of new films, um, Olivia and I watched uh, the new movie Promising Young Woman the other day, which is a really uh, fascinating film that I recommend mm-hmm. everyone go rent uh, and watch. Um, we also, I'm on a... Uh, New York City nightlife kick because none of us are going to be able to experiencing it for another year or so. Yeah. And so I've been watching, and so we watched The Last Days of Disco, which is about Studio 54. And Same. I also watched Party Monster, which is a very fucking weird film starring Macaulay Culkin as a real life gay murderous party promoter. Um, okay. About one of my sort of most, one of my fav- favorite by which I mean most interesting eras of. New York City Nightlife, which was the club kids in the 90s, which is a 
not a very good film, but certainly an interesting subject, which is there are worse ways to be intro to it. Um, but in terms of television, I watched the new Search Party episodes, which are great. WandaVision is really good so far. Uh, but then last night, I wanted a new TV show to throw on. So I threw on uh, a reality show I've never seen called America's Next Top Model. Uh, and unfortunately, I am going to be quoting Tyra Banks at length now, um, is my unfortunate curse in life. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Cool. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode that is hopefully listenable by the time we're done fucking with it. Um, tune in next week for our um, next 1975 episode with Barry Lyndon, the Stanley Kubrick film. Uh, if you want to watch along with us, it is available for streaming on HBO Max. Uh, and hopefully Claudia will be back with us soon. And if you're friends yeah, with her, Claudia uh, will feel better. Or even if you're not, please send her good, positive vibes of of healing and joy. Well, that's all we have for you today. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and give us a rating and review. We would appreciate it very much. Follow us on Instagram at htbn.podcast to keep up with us and some stuff that we're watching and some other fun trivia posts. That's all we got for you today, friends. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Woo! Yeah. <laughs>